You can learn a lot more from a flop than a hit, and that's why we all got doctorates in college. Hi, I'm Nito Kitchen. On tonight's episode of the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we discuss the infamous Stonewall by Roland Emmerich. But because bad movies are better when you go in with friends, I'm joined by three people who enjoy films by debatably worst filmmakers. First up is the queen of B-movies, it's Amelia. <laughs> I just like the movie. Um, yes, I, you know, I gotta go with the classic, and mine has gotta be Tommy Wiseau, bless his heart. Next up, they have too many tapes, it's Corey. Hi, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with a controversial pick here and say that uh, I think Tom Hooper may be a, uh, may be a genius because Cat's changed my life <laughs> for the better or for the worse changed it is different <laughs> you don't have to answer anything lastly they're the asylum's og fan it's roe hi everybody i have to go with that one kid you knew from high school you know the one me yes <laughs> I honestly don't know what's worse, this movie or Emmerich's response to the criticisms of this movie. That'll be up to interpretation, I guess, but we like solid things here, like Metacritic scores, which is a pre- which brings us to our first game, Nate's Metagame. This game is going to be really simple. All you need to do is tell me if the movie I'm describing has a better, worse, or equal Metacritic score to Stonewall's 30%. Easy peasy, right? So let's just get started with it with question one. Roland Emmerich is known for his, for his hit disaster movies like The Day After Tomorrow, Independence Day, and according to the general consensus, this movie. Of course, you can't have loads of destruction without the king of all monsters, Godzilla. Tell me, was 99 1998's Godzilla a higher, lower, or equal to score to Stonewall's 30%. Corey. I'm going to say higher. Godzilla has a 32 Metacritic score, meaning it's slightly higher. Remember, that was the easy one. Everyone loves a good monster movie, so I'm not surprised there. Or not necessarily a good monster movie, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to need a bigger box. Um, <laughs> thanks, Taco Bell. Uh, question two. You may know Jeremy Irvine from Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and being the protagonist of this movie. But he also appeared in the Billionaires Boy Club, a movie that Variety raved. There are no billionaires here, just a lot of testosterone. <laughs> so tell me, was it higher, lower, or tied for the Metacritic score? Uh, Amelia? Uh, I am going to go with equal. The... B- Oh, I fucking forgot I wrote this. This BBC sadly only scored a 30, meaning it tied with Stonewall. (laughs) (laughs) This game is like life. It's so unfair. Moving on. Question three. Jonathan Reese Myers has been in way better movies like Ben and Light Beckham and Velvet Goldmine, but got stuck playing the fictional Trevor Noah last name in this film. He also plays Cassandra alongside Anthony Hopkins and Angelina in the 2004 historical flop Alexander, which has a score equal to greater than or lower than this movie. Right, Corey? I'm going to say higher. Alexander was at least better received with a 39% Metacritic score. You're correct. Alright, question four. Joey King played the sister Phoebe and puts a little heart in her signature, which I think is actually pretty rad, to be honest. She was also in Crazy Stupid Love, The Conjuring, both well-received movies, but she was also in 2018's Slenderman, a movie got th- that got a score of what? Oh. Amelia. Uh, wait, before this, are we cl- like actually guessing an actual score? No, you're just guessing it was higher, lower, or equal. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to say it was higher because of the, you know, fat around Slenderman. No, it's actually tied. Oh, wow. Yeah, 30% for Slenderman, 30% for Stonewall. Maybe it in 
is as good of a film as Stonewall was. Let's just move on to question five. Ron Perlman is and forever will be known as Hellboy. He's also in this film. He's also been in the Nicolas Cage film Season of the Witch, a movie that the New York Post called a movie that appears to have been shot entirely on the leftover sets from Monty Python Quest for the Holy Grail. (laughs) Tell me, was the score higher, lower, or equal to? Okay, Amelia. Uh, I, I, Nick Cage is the king of mad movies, so I've got to guess that it's lower. You're correct. 28%, which means we finally have one that is lower. (laughs) You don't know how hard this game has been to actually put together. So let's just go on to the next question. Question six. (laughs) Caleb Landry Jones played Orphan Annie and was in Get Out and Three Billboards Outside of Alaska or something. Two great films. He was also in The Kindness of Strangers, a film RogerEber.com quip was a melange of miscalculated cheap sentiments with a score that is higher, lower, or equal to this one. Can you repeat the name of the film, please? Are you looking it up? No, I just didn't (laughs) hear it when you were saying the question. Oh, The Kindness of Strangers. Corey. I'm going to take a stab. I'm going to say... Slightly higher. You're correct. 32%. Very slightly. All right, and now it's time for the final question, question seven. Lastly, we circle back around to the gay daddy of all explosions, Roland Emmerich. Yes, he was also question one, but he made a number two, by which I mean a sequel to his hit Independence Day, which became another flop for him. Did Independence Day Resurgence do better, worse, or equal to Stonewall? Amelia. Was it equal? No, it was slightly better at 32%. That means, oh, wow. That means our winner is first-time player Corey. You, Corey, you are my most meta friend. Yay, one by default. I just want you all to know that last question I chose not to buzz in for the meme. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You also get the most important prize of the game. You get to summarize this film. I, I, I should have brought confetti. <laughs> okay, so we start in Indiana with a, a boy made basically entirely out of corn. Like, he is he is the corn boy. I, and his name is Danny, but for all intents and purposes, he is corn boy. Uh, he is uh, a, a, gay, a gay boy uh, living in the 1960s in Indiana, so obviously not having that great of a time. Uh, they're watching some sort of uh, horrifying, like, pseudo-documentary about predatory gay people. And his dad is also a coach, because this movie is so on the nose. Um, we usually don't do every single plot point. Oh, oh, okay, cool! Because I was about to just, like, take a luxurious two-hour trip <laughs> down Stonewall. If you want me to put this in a much, much simpler way... A boy that never existed, but is gay, because that's important to the plot of this film, finds himself embroiled in the uh, scene of New York City, Christopher Street in the 1960s, until he eventually comes of age and has his awakening both uh, sexually and politically, and throws the first brick at the Stonewall Riot, uh, which is an event that happened, and he did that thing obviously good for him. that was the thing that he did <laughs> good, good bless him uh, the hero we all needed the hero we truly all needed corn all boy, hail the corn boy corn boy from kansas the hero we all needed i'm so glad that a guy from kansas came and saved all those heathenistic new yorkers <laughs> where would they be without him though like truly so i got to ask this uh, the 30% means that statistically some person liked this movie 
Is it anyone here? <laughs> no. Uh, I liked some of it. Well, then you'll like this fun quote. Uh, you have to understand one thing. I didn't make this movie only for gay people. I made it also for straight people. Hey, oh, who could have yeah, guessed? <laughs> in, fact, the only, in fact, the only reason you were invited here was because we needed a straight perspective. And you're the only straight person I know within walking distance. I, I, I feel uh, finally a piece of media that's targeted to me, my demographic, a straight white man. I know how difficult that is to find as a straight man. I know, it seems Nothing. like these days everything is tailored to not me, a straight wow. white man. I can't go to the movies. I haven't been to the movies in a year because there's been nothing for me there or anyone. Because a a straight white man with a perspective. How revolutionary. I, I, I've got takes and I'm going to say them because God-given right as a straight white man. Look, have an opinion. Look, we just can't understand the amount of wisdom that he has to impart on us, okay? Look, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to impart it upon all of you. Oh, let it let it all out. Let it all out. Tell us what you really think. <laughs> I'm going to just drop some radical centrism on this. This movie has good points on all sides. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, God! This movie. <laughs> this movie sucks so bad. Speaking of imparting wisdom, I didn't actually get to finish the quote, so... <laughs> um, he continued... I kind of found out that in testing process that actually for straight people, Danny is a very easy in. Danny's very straight acting. He gets mistreated because of that. Straight audiences can feel for him. I'm so glad that we have a historical. I can't even say it. I can't say it. Mm. I'm so glad the, we have a historical. <laughs> the, the disservice that this movie did to um, the queer POC community is, I mean, we would be remiss if we didn't spend at least the 30, first 30 minutes of the podcast talking about it, I'm sure. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the actual riot um, the most important part of this movie is like a wash of white <laughs> and whitewashed, if you will. Whitewashed one Wait, might say. Wait, they actually say. showed the riot in this movie. They actually showed the riot for a full five to seven. Yeah, minutes. if you blinked, you would have missed it. <laughs> um, if you fell asleep, you also would have missed it. Yeah. And not only that, but one of the main players in the beginning of the riot. Uh, Miss Marsha P. Johnson was led away in handcuffs and wasn't even there. Like, <laughs> yeah, she shows up again. Talk like, about, what? Talk like... about like POC erasure, you know? Go ahead, Amelia. Well, yeah, no, I that was one of the. I mean, <laughs> let's talk about the riots, right? You know, um, I think in my notes, like, I literally uh, put at one point, like, I know they're not about to have Danny throw the first brick. Because that was, like, right at the very beginning when he, like, uh, when, what is it, Congo, like, picks it up. It wasn't and... even Danny's brick. Yeah. And then, like, next thing I know, he's actually doing it. 
And, like, Marsha P. Johnson is nowhere, nowhere in the beginning of the riot because she's off in a bar somewhere with, you know, Big Ed. Or, that was his name, right? Big Ed, Big Eddie or whatever? Wait, yeah, yeah they're in, like, the back of a paddy wagon yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Another important figures like Sylvia Rivera aren't even in this film. Yeah. Like, he literally had every opportunity to, to put these people in there. Like, why do we have this fictional Ray guy when we could have had Sylvia Rivera? Like... Why do we have Danny? Like, why are we making up some fan fiction about, like, some random white guy, like, starting the riots when, like, there are actual stories of actual people that started the riots that, that could have been told, you know? We actually have an answer for that one. <laughs> go ahead. Let me find the quote. <laughs> I have to go to Amelia in my uh, conversation for this one. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, according to Roland Emmerich, my movie was exactly what they said it wasn't. It was politically correct. It had black transgender people in it. We just got killed by this one voice on the internet who saw a trailer and said, this is whitewashing Stonewall. Stonewall was a white event. Let's be honest. But nobody want, wanted to hear that anymore. According to Roland Emmerich, who I guess is a history major, uh, that's the reason why it was so white. Because Stonewall was a white event? Mm-hmm. Despite all the evidence that we know to the contrary. Yep. Wow. This is some QAnon shit. Uh, That's a a hot take. That's a wrong take. A very incorrect take. (laughs) (laughs) Not supported by any of the people who are actually there, who are first-hand witnesses. what What do they know, okay? Yeah. I mean, we should listen to a director who decided that a kid from Kansas was the first person who came to New York and threw the first brick. Look, he dedicated it to the unsung heroes at Stonewall, okay? So, obviously. The unsung heroes who are named in multiple accounts. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Who played played background roles in the movie. Look, 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 if if you put the real people in the movie, you have to, like, pay them money for their likenesses and their rights and all that business so why not invent a bunch of people who weren't there in the first place and just sort of pretend they were important <laughs> okay the it's degree, fan fiction the it's, degree it's... to which this is a self-insert fan fiction is scary honestly Astounding. yeah and then i kissed ray as if as i ran my hand over the brick and went mm, one day i'm gonna start a police riot with this <laughs> we could never be in love explosions in the background why no will smith just runs in i've never seen him <laughs> will smith just rides in on like an ak-47 plane i've also never been in a plane um and just goes we've got to save the world from the aliens quick throw bricks at the police and that's how the movie ends right you know, and, and you know, this movie really is directed with all of the poise and the subtlety you'd expect from the director of Godzilla and Independence Day and The Day After Tomorrow and Stargate. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of people in this film kind of want to forget it, too. Because, I would. Uh, how do you say his name again? Uh, Johnny Boochamp? Bochamp? Um, I'll fix that in post. Um <laughs> So, like, apparently, apparently that, like, basically, pardon the pun, but bricked his career. Um, 
and uh, it just made it very hard for him to actually get roles for the longest time. He's finally getting roles again, which, you know, out of everyone in this movie, Ray was tolerable. Look, I, and, and not to, again, I am the target audience for this film. There's a lot of pretty solid performances in here, which is kind of a shame. It's like they're like good actors wasted on just the worst material. They are trying. Like you can just see the like gears grinding on all of them. Like God, I, I right. this should be important. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna act my heart out. I'm gonna give it the best I can. Like there are a couple like 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 Jonathan Rhys Meyer. You can tell us in like total autopilot. He's just like I. I I don't know what I'm doing here. Why did they cast me in this? I'm gonna I'm gonna try, but like the two mains, th- they go for it, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it's just a ham sandwich. <laughs> Speaking of ham sandwiches, right. I was really impressed with the diner's uh, setup. I was more impressed in the shape of water, but you know you can't have it both ways. Look, a diner is wonderfully easy shorthand for showing oppressed people in the 50s and 60s. Just if, if it's a New York style diner, you know that we're about to get some commentary about whatever the uh, the race or class issue is. Speaking uh, of which, yeah. what did everyone think of the actual look of this film? The production design, the cinematography? So, you know, um, you know, like, uh, you know, like the 60s, right? The 60s, a vibrant and colorful time where uh, things happened and were exciting and, and you get you think of like the Vietnam films and the, the just deep greens and browns and, and 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 color and technicolor what if we took all of that and made it all sepia and sad and like it came out of 1955 and you just can't tell what year this movie is from it's what what if we take the inherent like turn of the decadeness out of it and we just turned it into 1950s stereotype America. That's, yeah. that's this production design. You know, I feel like they definitely, like, I agree. They could have gone way further and done way better job with the color. You know, I think um, when it comes down to, like, you're talking about gay liberation, right? And you're talking about the, you know, the 70s, like, drag culture and, like, you know, all this other stuff, like, underground, like, drag culture. So this is, like, around the same era or slightly before the era of, like, voguing and all this stuff. So, like, why is the movie so drab? I know it's a drab, like, topic. Or not drab, but, like, it's it's a heavy topic or whatever. But, like, why take all the color out of it? Like, you could have really done something with the color and the production value of, like, you know, how these people are just, like, having fun. Maybe when they're in the club, like, they could have really, like, upped the brightness and colors. And then when the police in, then take away, come in, like, then take away the color. Gone, like, a million different directions with all of that. But instead, the whole thing was just sepia-toned. It's not like it's not like the 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 symbol for the queer community is some kind of like colorful thing. Right. It's just like like what is it like a, a prism or I think a like, color wheel? I, I guess a I get circle. I get that one of the major points about this movie is that the bar is run by the mob, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make it look like a mob movie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it wasn't even, like, a mob movie. Like, the whole movie was a fucking 
fan fiction romance from Danny, you know, like, the mob played such a small part in this movie, but at least a bigger part than Marsha P. Johnson, I guess, so. (laughs) I can't wait till we talk about the Marsha P. Johnson documentary. Yeah, I'm excited Um, for that. Yeah, you best best believe we're gonna, we're gonna really dig into it, I'm sure. (laughs) Speaking of digging in, straight people. (laughs) <laughs> they gave us they gave us the rights to marry so we should act more straight um yeah um <laughs> i have opinions about that <laughs> um i remember so, watching this the first time and going i don't think any of these people have ever met a queer person in their life i think they've only seen them on tv yeah Right. I uh, I definitely in my notes have a couple of instances where I'm like, this feels like it was written by a straight person. <laughs> um, I'm 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 glad we get to talk about like s- straight people in the gay community in this episode because Hi, I feel like it's a it's a t- <laughs> like Corey, but I because I, <laughs> I feel like it's a topic that we really could have brought up in our Love Simon episode and that we just didn't. Because I frankly didn't do enough research to know that I should talk about it. So let's talk about let's talk about straight gays for a minute. <laughs> I should I want to clarify since we're talking about this, it's not the same as code switching. Uh, no, code, this is this is not code switching. This is um, code switching like, for our straight friend right now is when you talk a certain way to fit in with different people. So it's the way that I talk to my straight boss on a daily basis. But it's not the same that I talk to my queer friends on a daily basis. Exactly. And the straight gay... (laughs) The straight gay is basically (laughs) a, a character who exists to let straight people know that this is a movie that's accessible to you. You see, we have a character here with no camp... No, like, obviously gay affectations. You know what I mean? Um, So this is a character that, for all intents and purposes, could be straight. If it weren't for the fact that... If it weren't for the fact (laughs) that they like dick. (laughs) And I feel like the movie is at war with itself on that front as well. I mean, because the very first thing that happens to that boy... The moment he steps off the bus is that that guy who is just like, we're going to take every toxic gay stereotype and roll it into one dude. Oh, yeah. Like the the first thing is that he, he gets hit on by that that older guy. Like, that's the first thing that happens to him. Like, like right. what in the actual hell? And like the thing about this, the thing about this straight gay, too, is that it used to be. Like, like a really subversive thing, you know, like it it used to be like, um, like this thing where, you know, you'd have like some homophobe talking shit about gay people and to someone who he assumes is also straight. And then that person could be like, oh, I'm actually gay. You have something against me. And... 
you'd have this, oh shit, it used to be like this subversive thing, but now it's really just like, it's become this self-insert, like, way to make gay trauma accessible to straight people, um, which is not necessarily a good thing. And I think that I really want to point out that it's not that we're demonizing in a way the the ability to like, you know, pass or straight if this is who you naturally are. But like going back to times when it was a necessity, like when uh, homosexuality was defined as a mental illness, for example, um, it's changed in a way where it's okay to be like who you feel like under the queer community and you don't really have to hide yourself away. And I kind of get it because like they do the, give them the backstory of, Oh, well he's, you know, from a place where he was closeted and he had to like act straight and stuff like that. But ultimately this shouldn't be a story about that (laughs) at all. And that's because the main people involved in the Stonewall police riots you know, at least on our side, weren't like that at all. And it's very disingenuous to portray them like that because you're still going after that whole, oh, you know, straight people, we're just like you. Don't be scared of us. We're not going to eat your babies. Right. And it's that idea that it's like gay people, we're just like you, but different. Um When in reality, that's like a very two-dimensional view of the gay community. And the people who see that as the gay community are often very afraid and very threatened by the underbelly or the, the, the part of the gay community that can't and won't ever be that. And I feel like, you know... That's part of the thing that we lose when, like, instead of focusing on the real people that this right, all happened exactly. to, we focus on <laughs> some fucking made-up, you know, Mary Sue character. Um, <laughs> uh, this, I, I guess, like, from, like, a sad point of view... I, I I know absolutely from the from his quote from interviews I've read by him and just from the movies I've seen by him that it makes sense that he would make his character straight because he's trying to not because he's never really to my knowledge made a gay movie um, or a movie that was aimed at a gay audience. Uh, of course, I don't know his entire filmography because. He's not my type, um, but like, <laughs> but but like, you come off of like Independence Day, Godzilla, working on these you know Hollywood blockbusters and stuff like that, that are aimed at straight people, and of course you're gonna make your next main character pretty straight. You're gonna direct him like your other ones from your other big hits, right. and you're, he's directing primarily straight people. I just don't think that this was a project that was well thought out from the get-go <laughs> this is this this movie with the right director and the right screenwriters could have been amazing 
And it could have been... Honestly, it could have been revolutionary. There's, I think the more frustrating thing is that there are movies about like events in queer history that actually feature uh, characters that are based on real people, like the movie Pride. Um, like almost, I think almost all the people in there are named and based on real people. And that's a wonderful movie, and it's way better than this. <laughs> Yeah, this is just not a good movie. I, I think there should have been more explosions. Um, yeah, honestly, he he directed Independence Day, right? More miniature given, explosions. You could yeah, have given us, you could have given us more explosions. I mean, I know they knocked out an electric box or whatever, but like. Come on. You know, I think one point where there was a huge missed opportunity in regards to, like, the actual riots was you had that moment where uh, Trevor is trying to stop him, right? And then right after that, they're starting to, like, fuck shit up. And Trevor is there saying, like, oh, well, I just hope they don't burn down some, like, old lady's house or whatever. And it's, like, that would have been such a good moment to, like, actually expand on in a movie about riots. Because if you look back at the history of, like, riots in the United States, you always have a more privileged, like, group of people that have that reaction. Or centrists, really. That have, like, that same outlook. Because you saw the same thing with the George Floyd protests, you know? Like, oh, well, why are they burning buildings? Like, why can't they just, you know, be less violent? And, like, they're making themselves look bad. You know, like, that could have been a whole point in the movie. And instead, it just turned into you know, I don't know, whatever the two minutes of Riot was, and then, like, Marsha P. Johnson runs up. That's a lot better than where I thought you were going to go, which is to say, and they should have cut away to an old lady going, they're burning my house. (laughs) They also should have done that. That would have been amazing. (laughs) I think that sort of hits at the heart of the problem of this movie, though. It doesn't really have a perspective or a point of view. It's, it's, it feels like it's it's caught in between that sort of like rhetorical points of like yeah the 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 people who are trying to affect change in small scale like like slow ways the incrementalists have points but also the radicals and the revolutionaries it's it's very a both sidesy kind of film like it, and it tries to be neutral in a in a in a in a situation where neutrality is not called for basically yeah Right. In a film about a riot, it's just ineffective storytelling. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It really like cuz a riot is all about having a point of view and expressing that point of view mm-hmm. loudly. And to like it... not have a point of view in a movie like this is frankly disappointing. I agree. It really felt to me like throughout the whole movie as if Danny was just kind of like an observer that's like everything is happening around him to everyone else. Like, the entire movie, even if this had been, like, (laughs) like, even if it came off as a fan fiction, I think in that self-insert, like, he could have at least, like, gone somewhere with it where, like, the things are actually happening to Danny. But instead, like, oh, there's, you know, a raid at the Stonewall. Well, his friends get arrested, but he just waits outside the jail all night. You know, um... Or, oh, well, his friend is the one that got, like, beat up and raped and stuff like that. Instead of, like, which, granted, as a white person, like, you know, I'm sure he is less likely to go to prison and stuff. But that, I think, solidifies even more why they should have focused on, like, the stories of people that were actually there. You know? (laughs) Like, 
I think even if they had got, they, they could have made sort of like the quiet observer character work for this. If they had put more stock into the people who actually existed and were part of the riot. Right. If he was interacting more with them and they had a more accurate portrayal of Marsha Johnson, if they had brought in Sylvia Rivera, uh, you know, and, and like really focused on like their interactions and showed their progression as they moved up to the actual riots, I think that would have worked really well. Do it sort of like as as an anthology and this character is tying them all together and they all end up at the right. I think that would have been a vastly better movie. So you want like go, but Stonewall. Yeah, I agree. Go I... Stonewall. <laughs> go Stonewall. A, a lot of the, like to, to piggyback off that, it, it almost feels like you almost have to make this movie take place the night of Stonewall and like the riot itself. And that's it. Like it has to start in the bar that night because they give too much context. And then it just becomes sort of a tone piece of sixties Americana. But like, if you give it more of like a ground level, these are the things that are happening sort of docudrama feel like that's when you start to get to like a, a real understanding of what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's almost like too much context and the context pointed in the wrong direction almost flattens the whole thing right and there were four days of riots how are you gonna just show like the first like night of riots in like five minutes when you have so much content and like literally days of protesting and brick throwing and Fires. Five minutes later, well, we all better go home. Right? Well, oh, look at us all happy, on, joined chums. arm in arm, and like hopping around on uh, the Gay Liberation March, you know? M- memorial picture of Marsha B. Johnson flashes here. Like, it really it really does. Like, they get five minutes of riots, and it literally cuts to them. It feels like the same night, even though obviously time has passed. It's like they're sitting around, they're like, no, something's different now. It's like, y- y- guys, you were just. You were just rioting, like just rioting. At least let it sink in for like, like a day or a week. I just want to point week. out that sodomy wasn't even fully like decriminalized or legal or whatever until the nineties or like early two thousands. Because I remember as a kid asking my mom what sodomy was because it was all over the radio that there had been a Supreme Court case or whatever, and like. Uh, they had decided that you can't, like, say sodomy is illegal or whatever. So how are they going to put in a movie about (laughs) gay rights and the Stonewall riots? Oh, well, it's all different now. Things are changing. Yay! (laughs) What? That was like... It's like, you you threw one brick at a cop and now the world will never be the same? Like... (laughs) Like... (laughs) I mean, I get that it's a catalyst to larger right. and far more drastic changes, but things don't just happen like yeah, that. Yeah, and I would have personally appreciated, like, in one of those end credits, instead of having that bullshit about, like, oh, you know, dedicated to the unsung heroes or whatever, how about, like, having a slide where you're, like, you know, since it wouldn't be until, like, XYZ year that, you know, gay marriage became legal in the United States. It wouldn't be until, like, you know, this point that this became legal in the United States. Like, the struggle didn't just end with Stonewall. Acknowledge that, you know? Right. It's not like 
four nights of riots and all of a sudden we have riots. Yeah. Arguably, we still don't have full rights. Yeah, I mean, hate crimes against gay people are still, like, you know, super high up top. Hate crimes against trans people are astronomical, you know? And Lord forbid you're a trans person of color. Yeah. It's like it's like having a death sentence in this country. Yeah. Which I think is part of the... One of the things that really, I think, stuck with me the most and upset me the most about the movie is that in erasing, like, literally a trans woman of color that started the Stonewall riots, you're just doing such a disservice to literally the most vulnerable of, you know, the queer community. Yeah. I don't have anything to say to that. <laughs> I just That's an excellent point. Um I mean, what can you say to that? It's like I guess the only thing I ma- could really <laughs> say is um so this is to for a million row. Is this better or worse than Queer Duck? Uh, worse. Yeah. I actually like I I was thinking about that since you said it like what was an hour ago and i'm gonna have to go with worse because like really just taking everything in context and like you know taking the reality of the situation versus this movie like it's just hot flaming trash for a whole set of different reasons but it's worse i mean at least with queer duck you get a sense that it was made for queer people yeah like at least they were trying (laughs) yeah we tried (laughs) They tried. They didn't try very hard, but they tried. Uh, this movie has been scrubbed from Roland Emmerich's Wikipedia page. Really? In the, uh, detail, in the well, it's on his like lists of credits. But when you're reading the page and they have the like summary of his career, it jumps from uh, 10,000 BC or 2012 or whatever the movie was made before this directly to Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> they just skip over it. Wow, that's fitting. I mean, if I had if I had made this hot piece of garbage, I I wouldn't want to take credit for it either. <laughs> right. What's that thing that filmmakers do where they like renounce their movies and put like they put a fake name onto their movies because they don't want to have anything to do with it? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When, when they want to go as Alan Smithy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like It's weird because I don't get the I don't get the idea that Roland Emmerich actually doesn't like this film. I think that I think that he is the thirty percent. No, yeah, no, I'm sure he's into it. I'm just saying, like I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to like wash his hands of it just because of its critical reception you know and he is notoriously thin-skinned as well i mean this is if we look at godzilla Godzilla. (laughs) he literally kills like roger ebert like the the mayor of the city is named mayor ebert and he like kills him horrifically in a helicopter crash (laughs) that was also was it lady in the water where they killed uh roger ebert as well m night Shyamalan. Yeah, there's definitely a a, a critic, a, a character who is a critic in uh, in Lady in the Water that that, that gets deaded. 
Well, I think that's a good stopping place. So let's move on to our next game, Gay Set Match. Two categories, three round. Odd one out chooses the answer. Everybody ready? It doesn't matter. We're going to do it anyway. Yay! Category one. Who should have the main character have been? So we're going to start with Amelia and Corey. Amelia, what is your choice? I mean, I'm going to go with the obvious and say Marsha P. Johnson. <laughs> or, yeah, I'm going to go with Marsha P. Johnson. All right, and Corey? I'm going to artificially limit myself to characters that were already in the film and just say Ray. <laughs> All right. So, Ro. Um... Is it going to yes. be Marsha P. Johnson or Ray? It's going to be Marsha P. Johnson for me, boss. All right. And that's one point to Amelia. <laughs> Next round is Corey and Roe. Corey, do you want to keep your answer? Oh, uh, of the character that should be the main character? Mm-hmm. I mean, of the again, I'm artificially limiting myself to the people who are in this movie because uh, I don't know enough about Stonewall as an actual event to pontificate about it and say who it should have been. So I'm going to I, I, I'm throwing the round. Okay. And I liked Ray. <laughs> All right. And Ray, right. who is your choice? Um, I'm going to say keep the same main character, but make him a person of color. All right, Amelia, are you going to go with Ray or main character but person of color? I'm going to go with Ray. All right, and that's one point to Corey. As we go into our final round, Amelia versus Roe. Do either of you want to change your answers? I mean, Amelia took my answers, so this is I, I'm as, my answer is as good as it's going to be. <laughs> All right, Corey, it's up to you. Are you going to choose historical figure Marsha P. Johnson or the main character, but a person of color? Uh, it's it's got to be Marsha P. Johnson. <laughs> it just gotta. You, you you have to. Like you literally have to. All right, and at the end of the first round, Amelia is in the lead with two points. Corey has one. Category two is, what part of the movie actually worked for you? We're going to go in reverse order with Roe versus Corey. So, uh, Corey, what is your answer for the best part of the movie? God, that's difficult because <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, sorry, you may have to cut some of this. I'm, I'm literally I'm having to like rack my brain to think of like what... Because I'm going to say a dumb thing and just be like, I just kind of liked Ray and Ray's arc was good and there should have been more of it and and Ray should have been the main character. No one can say this podcast didn't try to say nice things about people. (laughs) I, you know what? I liked whatever weird vibe Ron Perlman was throwing down in this movie. Okay. And Ro, what is your choice? Um, main character's younger sister. The movie should have actually just been her. All right, Amelia, your choices are Ron Perlman or the little sister. I'm gonna go with the little sister. I, I always like the one supportive family. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right. Next round is Amelia versus Corey. Amelia, what is your choice? Uh. I, I'm, I'm a fan of the fact that he at least had the, uh, what's it called, the thought to put in a obvious, like, 
neoliberal centrist guy that was like, but what about the buildings and the old ladies during the riot? So I, I like that part. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very true to life. <laughs> right, and Corey, do you want to keep your answer? Um, I think I'm going to say the the part that I liked is that they didn't make the the uh, the Danny and Ray thing just a straightforward romance. Okay. So, Ro, your choices are the old lady down the street who ha- whose house is burning, or thank God they didn't make them do it. <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny, if you hadn't switched, I probably would have gone for Ron Perlman, because I really was picking up that Ron Perlman vibe. Oh, oh, can I change my answer? (laughs) (laughs) No, not to Ron Perlman, but I actually do have one that I, the thing that I like. You know what, this is the last time we're doing this format, so go ahead. (laughs) Okay, okay, because it hasn't been mentioned the entire movie, I really liked the... Kiefer Sutherland looking dude with the dog who was taking care of all the stuff like like <laughs> taking care of everybody's bags and like lived in his little apartment with his partner and kind of was like eh, yeah I have a somewhat normalish life and I'm okay and I hope all of y'all are are you okay are you going to be okay like I liked that vibe I I liked that whole thing All right so we have the normal gay or the woman whose house is on fire. Oh, you say uh, it like that, and it makes me sound real <laughs> shitty. Oh, man. <laughs> I just thought he was a nice guy, okay? There's nothing wrong with normal gays. Uh, <laughs> right, just it. burn me on the pyre already. Bro, it's up to you. <laughs> with burning the old lady's house down, because the <laughs> thought of it just makes me giggle. <laughs> So now it's time for little sister or old lady whose house is on fire. Corey, what is your choice? Uh, the old lady's the old lady's house on fire. <laughs> is there any other choice, honestly? <laughs> you gotta start making Amelia choose third. <laughs> and tonight's big winner is Amelia. <laughs> Hooray! Whee! So tell us, Amelia, because, you know, you could surprise us. Would you recommend this movie? I mean, I think it should have won, like, 20 Oscars. No, I I definitely don't recommend this movie. (laughs) Don't give it your money. If you're absolutely, definitely curious about seeing it, find some way to see it for free, for legal purposes. Uh, Borrow it from a friend. Um, (laughs) But but don't, no, don't watch it. It's not worth it. Right. Corey, this movie was meant for you. Would you recommend it? If you are a Roland Emmerich completist, if you've been <laughs> avoiding this because you're like, ah, I've heard horrible things. Look, look, come on. You watched 10,000 BC already. Like you've, you've seen Godzilla, but this is worse. And not even in the fun way. It's just bad. So, no. Don't, don't even, it's on Canopy, and I felt bad because that's like the arty streaming service that your library has access to. And I felt trashy 
watching it on the arty library service so don't don't watch it don't feel bad about yourself don't don't subject yourself to this okay and last but not least bro is it gonna Let's be a, it. is it gonna be a knockout <laughs> or do you actually like this movie uh, let's put it this way. The only reason I ever watched this movie is because NATO paid for the Amazon Prime rental. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a hard pass from me, dog. Oh, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gayakapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie that's probably better for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. Now it's time to nitpick to your heart's content, and I don't think it's going to be very hard for this movie, as we enter our two-sentence reboots. Two senses to fix a minor problem with this film, no matter how small. First up is Amelia. Um, yeah, I would actually just scratch the whole movie and make an entirely different one that's actually about the Stonewall Riots. Next up is Corey. I don't know if this would improve it, but it might make it more interesting. Have Roland Emmerich direct Detroit and have Catherine Bigelow direct Stonewall. Maybe... Detroit was unsavable as a movie, but maybe she could make Stonewall a little bit better. <laughs> and last but never least, Roe. Fire the director. Fire the writers. More explosions. <laughs> I'm Nato Kitch, reminding you to have a safe and happy pride this year. Later. Bye! Bye!